Hey everyone, so before we started today's episode of the Listen In Podcast, we wanted to tell you a little bit about a new initiative that's going on called the Tripod Initiative, T-R-Y-P-O-D. Um, you may have heard about this if you've listened to uh, any other podcast, because a lot of people are doing it. And basically what it is, it's just um, a chance for podcasters to try to expand the medium. Basically, podcasts have grown in popularity a lot over the past few years. Uh, the growth has actually been huge, but it's still a medium that's like in its infancy. And so basically, we want and other podcasters want podcasts just to grow. So the whole point here is just you as listeners and us as podcasters just to tell a friend or someone you know at work, could be anyone, about a podcast you think they like. And if they don't know about podcasts, because you'd be surprised how many people are unfamiliar with podcasts and how to listen to them. Tell them how you listen to them, whether it's Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and you know, try to help them get on there and, and download a podcast and, and uh, listen to one they might like. So we actually have a few um, that we like that we want to plug. Sean, do you want to go first? Yeah, I have two for you. The first one is Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. So this is kind of an everyman's approach to history. This guy is just a big history fanatic. He does all of the research for various topics. Could be World War One, could be World War Two, could be a whole six-hour podcast about nuclear war and nuclear weapons. Whatever it might is, Dan Carlin puts in a lot of good time and research, and it ends up being a really, really compelling podcast that doesn't get boring at all. Uh, so Hardcore History is one. My other one I have for you is music-related. It is the Celebration Rock podcast with Stephen Hyden. If you like our podcast at all, if you like our discussions about music, his is very similar. He talks about a lot of the same artists as we do. He does more interviews with artists. He just did one with uh, Brian King of Japan Droids. Um, so if you're interested in that, check out both of those. Um, I have a couple here for you. Uh, one, you may have heard me talk about it on the show before. It's Song Exploder. Um, the host, Rishikesh Yearway, he breaks down um, songs with the artists that recorded them, and they break it down piece by piece. A lot of times they go, I think, right into the original files and take out little snippets, and the artists discuss, like, oh, when I put this part of the song in, I was thinking about this. When I wrote this lyric, I was thinking about this. It's like, basically, they break down songs to a nu nuclear level. It's a really, really cool show. Worth checking out. Um, my second is Malcolm Gladwell, um, author extraordinaire. He has a podcast called Revisionist History, and basically, um, that's him looking at moments in history, um, trends through history, through his own sort of very idiosyncratic lens and sort of reevaluating how something went down in history and why we think of it the way we do and why maybe we should take another look at it. So those are a couple for me. And so basically, listeners, if you enjoy podcasts and you have any that you want to give some shine, you can tweet about it with the hashtag tripod t-r-y-p-o-d and you can get in on the discussion yourself with that let's start the show welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the listen in podcast with sean and anyways, uh, the, and Jake, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, that's, that's all right, Sean, no worries, yeah. Sorry. No, you know, your show. Uh, you, yeah. You so, lead us in. 
<laughs> thanks, thanks, Jake. No, I'm just kidding around. Listen in podcast with Sean and Jake. We're a music podcast. We discuss the latest and greatest in music, music news, new albums coming out, speculation, rumors, the latest gossip. Oh, the scuttlebutt. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we're, we're going to dive right in. That's what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, we're going to dive in. So With our first segment. Yeah, big news. Big news coming out of the indie world. Uh, it's like 2011 all over again. We get new Fleet Foxes. Jake, we've been waiting a long time for this. We have, and um, they didn't disappoint as far as I'm concerned on this first sing- single. Here's what I wanted to bring up. So the song title is called 3rd of May slash Odegai Hara or something like that. Yeah, um, sure. Maybe. Um, It's it's, it's a strange word that I don't know how to pronounce. Could be Welsh or or anything. Um, But 3rd of May, here's here's how uh, my mind works, Sean. How much dates. You know how I am with birthdays, how I remember birthdays. When I saw 3rd of May, I was like, oh, that's the date that their last album came out on. And then I saw it written about after, and I was like, oh, guess who called that? Right. So you know what they sh- I should happen is like Spin or Pitchfork or Rolling Stone, any of them should hire me just for like that purpose. You know alone. what is easier than doing, than like hiring you and paying you benefits and a salary and like What's that? giving you a, a laptop and I, everything? Oh, I don't know. Um, I can't imagine. You can just Google the dates of things. So hmm. kind of a useless skill on your part. Oh, well, I so I don't know. Yeah. I, what about my consulting firm that I wanted to start about? Like, oh, that sounds like a terrible idea. Oh. Just terrible. So the business plan you looked over? Uh Oh, yeah, I didn't look over that at all. I threw that right in the garbage. Oh, I... So... All right. Yeah, maybe rethink that. Uh, anyways, Fleet, Fo- <laughs> let's, Fleet let's, Fox let's... is 3rd of May. Uh, you know what's interesting? Also, Josh Tillman's birthday. Really? Yeah. May- and so... What I wanted to say about this song is Robin Pecknold said this was about one of the members in the band who he's friends with and how they like kind of grew up together and, and fell out of touch with each other in the time between these two albums a little bit. Is it Skyler? Skyler, yeah. Skilljet or whatever yeah, his name yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his birthday is May 3rd Oh, well, I think. Or some, there's some date <clears throat> Someone's birthday that's important May for May 3rd. So, yeah, um, good song, though. I'm liking it. It's almost nine minutes long. Yeah. Um, has a few different sections, kind of reminiscent of some of what they were doing on Helplessness Blues. Um, and if you're noticing a nasal thing with me, listeners, it's because I am a little sick this mm. week. Sort of another Jordan flu game for me. Good thing our microphone that we're sharing is right next to each other, and we're yeah. basically kissing. You're right. So real quick update on that, oh, which, yeah. which you'll hear about in, in what is, at po- length what is possibly the most self-deprecating hateful, just like self-loathing post-show of all time. Uh, We talked about our our trials and tribulations trying to set up two mics and how it didn't work. So we're back to one mic. Yeah, sorry about that static last week. Yeah, sorry about the static. Um, That was because we can't have nice things and we're just back to one mic. Um, So (laughs) Fleet Foxes, here's what I want to ask you, Sean. What do you think of the album title Crack Up? Crack Up, yeah. Due June 16th from None Such Records. Um, the title itself, though, what do you think of that name? I guess it... Okay, I don't love it. I guess it is referencing a Scott Fitzgerald essay or something. Okay. Um, I don't love it. It did have another, a different name before, I think, but I guess it was somehow linked to, like, Nazism. So, they're like... Or something like that. So, they're like, we're not going to use that title. That would be so, fraught with error. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of it? 
I didn't like love it. I didn't know what it was in reference to. I thought it was maybe just sort of a toss, like we're a real crack up or something. I yeah. thought it was like it just didn't seem like on brand for them. But I didn't do any research into like what yeah, it actually it's, means. Yeah, it's referencing a Scott Fitzgerald essay, I guess. Uh, what do you think of the album art? I really like it. I think it looks really it's, cool. It's Wheelhouse Fleet Fox's album yeah, art. Yeah, a little bit of bad radio here. Google the new album cover if you haven't seen it already, listeners. It's cool. And it has... Is it like water crashing on a rock? Yeah, yeah. It's like a mural or painting. What I like that they did with it, though, um, that they haven't done on previous album covers is like... It looks like one of those kind of boilerplate album covers yeah. where there's like a font and yeah. like the track type names. But it's on the front. Yeah, but right on the yeah, front. I like, like that a lot. You know, like, like the men did that. Yes, exactly. That's that there's a record label that the men is on. Yeah. I can't remember what record label it is, but all of theirs right. like you can I think people is use that template. Such? I don't think so. Because no. this looks different. How about that too? Different record label this time around. No more sub pop. Sub pop slash Bella Union. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what, what happened they were there. saying is uh, I was reading an interview with uh, Robin Pecknell. They're like, oh, new record label. He's like, yeah, what we came to realize was six years later, a lot of the people we knew over there who we really liked had left or gone on to start their own record labels. So we were like, it's probably, it's time for a change. Like, let's let's do something else with it. I get the sense, Sub Pop, like all the good people legitimately left. I've seen quite a few artists who were on Sub Pop for a while, uh-huh. not be there anymore. Father John Misty, his, his label changed. Fleet Fox's label changed. I think there's another one. Uh, we should check and see what the Shins' new record's coming out on, because they were always Sub Pop as well. They were. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe big shakeups at Sub Pop. One of my favorite record labels, but... Just from a, a basic, like, purely... Um style standpoint the word the words sub pop are just cool and their logo is awesome it's too. really cool they're, they were they're nailing it in from a branding perspective yeah, just like the brand that's what i meant the yeah. brand the superficial level yeah. branding yeah. level yeah. sub pop is a cool label um i wanted to bring up the fact that sean and i were bummed so here's a little pick me up for our, oh, our yeah. rough start to the episode yeah. uh we were bummed out because we're going to the newport folk festival but we're going to the saturday and sunday we found out a couple weeks ago fleet foxes would be playing at Newport, but on Friday. And so we were like, well, damn, we missed that. So that's a bummer because that's something we'd like to catch um, is Fleet Foxes reuniting after six years, one of our favorite bands at Newport. But we're missing that. But luckily, it appears they're playing a set or um, they're doing a tour date in uh, Portland, Maine, up near our neck of the woods in New Hampshire the day before Newport. So I think we're going to go to that. Yes, we are. So we're going to get to see them anyways. So we're kind of traveling with the band. That's true. One could say that. We're kind of doing like what what fish people do, like fish fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sort of, you know, following them on their tour, except only two stops. That's right. And only seeing them one of the two times. (laughs) So it's just like that. It's exactly like what fish's fans do. Uh, Water. So um, Fleet Fox's new album's coming out June 16th. You know, I think... I, I think this is going to be really good based on this one song that we've heard so far. Um, it's been too long. I went back and I listened to their first album and Helpless is Blues again. And Fleet, there's something about Fleet Foxes. And on this song in particular, Robin Pecknold's voice yeah. has this power, but also this beauty to it at the yeah. same time. 
that is like no one else's voice. Yeah, it, it is. It's a singular sounding voice in in like rock and pop music. Um, here's what I want to know: How are you feeling about the under that you have on our? Oh, I don't feel bed? good about it anymore because it's an eight two. Because I was looking at it today, I was like, oh shit, I don't feel good about that. But it might surprise us because like with dirty projectors, they got a few best new tracks. I remember last couple weeks ago, we like guaranteed we're like this will get a That's nine true. from Pitchfork. That's got true. Got a seven eight. That's so true. I don't know. Fleet Foxes. This this did get a lot of attention though. This song. Oh, big time. It got like its own feature. Yeah, it did. On well, it's, it's is that be, a new thing? It's because they did an interview with Robin Pecknell oh, okay. and they wanted to, right. to, but he got to best boost new, that best a little new track. bit. Um, and you know what I've come to realize with Pitchfork, too, is if they get the attention from the artists, they're more likely to give them a higher score or best new tracks or things like that. They're playing the game. It's all politics. So It is. And it, like the, but so that's why it's fun to do the over-under. Cause it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. You can basically like try to predict it based right. on those elements. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of new music that has either come out this week or is coming out this week. Uh, a lot of new albums. We're going to talk more about that in weeks to come. Yep. Uh, what we wanted to do and spend some time on was an exciting announcement for the next few weeks of the podcast. So if you have been a listener for a year now, you remember back to last year, we did a March Madness bracket and we did a tournament style breakdown of the best lead singers of all time. What you might also remember from when we did that was that was when we had a blog. That's right. Level 4 Media, RMP, RIP and P. RIP and P's. Um, and that blog has since uh, gone under. <laughs> <laughs> took, took a bath on that one. Um, and we got a lot of flack. from. And realistically, it was probably like two, three people who mm. were like, hey, why didn't you include this person? And we were like, fuck them for <laughs> criticizing us. But it felt like a lot of flack because it turns out when you try to do like a fun thing, like a bracket like that, people want all their favorite singers included. Right. And when you don't pick them, they get like mad at you. Right, right. Because they think it's somehow real and yeah. it actually matters. So we're doing this for fun. This is for this fun. This is a fun conversation. It's meant to be kind of taken as a joke. It's like it is like a joke because we're trying to do some parallels with like the actual basketball yeah, tournament. Like this that's isn't going a on. serious thing, but this year around we wanted to do the best guitarists of all time. Let me start by saying I think best guitarists is less interesting than best lead singers. I it think is. being way into like technical guitar stuff is like I'm not way into it. If you're into it, that's fine. Yeah. But like that's not what this tournament's necessarily gonna be about. Right. So don't get your hopes up thinking this is going to be a scientific breakdown of who is the technically best guitar player. That's right. not what it is. And like I I feel like I come from like a middle ground where like I am like a guitar guy. I like guitars and I think that like I love guitarists and bands, but I think there's a level to which like the best guitarists of all time conversation can go way down a nerdy, mm -hmm. totally uninteresting and unsoulful like rabbit hole where you're talking about just guys who shred and play as fast as they possibly can and as technically as they can and to me that's totally boring mm -hmm. and it becomes just like it, it's like too technical and clinical right and so we tried to involve some of those guys but i don't know how far they'll make it in the tournament yeah exactly actually we might have cut a lot of we, them. we we did yeah so you'll we're gonna we're gonna announce our first round like who made the tournament yeah for each of the regions or eras that we have we're going to say who is matching up with each other in the first round on this episode. And then once the actual NCAA March Madness tournament kicks off next week, 
we're going to coincide with the schedule of the tournament. So next weekend is the first two rounds of the tournament in real life. We are also going to pick the first two rounds in our tournament, and then we're going to follow it each week as the tournament progresses until it ends, I think, in the first week of April yeah. or something like that. If you have any thoughts, listeners, you can tweet at us at Listen and Pod mm-hmm. about any of the matchups if you want. Mm-hmm. I would say that we would throw up polls, but I think that for the first round it might be a lot. Yeah, I feel it's like going to be too much. Maybe we do that for like the Elite Eight. Yeah, and- we we can on down. We do it for the Elite Eight. And we see like how people vote, but ultimately yeah. we'll have the last set. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the best way to do this, let's let's introduce our, our different eras and how we split this up. And then what we'll do is we'll go through each era and you'll read one matchup, I'll read the next. Sure. We'll just go right down. That works. So the way we decided to do this was by decade or, or roughly decade. Decades. Decades. Uh, this is a lot how we structured the best lead singer brackets as well. So our first region is we have people from the pre-1950s, the 1950s, and the 1960s. So kind of the early years of guitar when that was still being figured out. So basically since we wrote it as pre-1950s, this is actually the biggest bracket because it's all of time up until 1969. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Ironically, we don't have anyone who wasn't alive in the 20th century. Right. So... Yeah, you. We have, have no lutists on here. No, you. We have a wide range of people, though, from original blues guitarists all the way up to rock guitarists. Yeah, uh, and we'll get into those matchups in a bit. Our next bracket, and it's our most competitive bracket by far, yeah. is the 1970s, the golden era of guitars and rock and roll and and guitar heroes. You this, could say this is the region where. Like, in the NCAA tournament, there are some really good teams getting upset because it's just stacked. This would be, this is the equivalent of a bracket that has Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, and like Georgetown, Villanova, and Gonzaga all in one. Right, yeah. and then All basically one seeds. Exactly, yeah. Um, Our next one is the 1980s. Uh, some good people in there, not as competitive as the 70s. Uh, and then our last one is the 1990s and 21st century. So we were actually getting like three and a half or two and a half decades yeah. worth of people in there. Well, it's, it should be no surprise yeah. that there are more guitarists in the 70s when like the idea of a, like a great guitar player leading a band and being like a defining part of their sound really climaxed, and then it starts to dip in popularity right. as you reach the 21st century. So why don't we start, Sean? What's our first matchup in the 50s, 60s our, our region? Our first one is Jimi Hendrix, all-time legend. He's our one seed, going up against the 16 seed, Roger McGinn. And if you don't know where he's from, he's from The Birds. Uh, 1960s band, they covered a lot of Bob Dylan songs. The times they that, were changing? That, Did they do that one? I don't think so. Yeah, they might have. They might have done that one. Their best one, best known is Mr. Tambourine Man. The, their best known song is Turn, 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 right. which I think was a cover of a Pete Seeger song or something. Yeah, so they covered a lot of songs. Made them their own, though. Uh, that big shimmery guitar tone from the, Roger McGinn. The, 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 the Rickenbacker... Uh, tone yeah. or the twelve string electric. So that's going to be a bloodbath in the first round. <laughs> yeah, we got the one seed Hendrix versus Roger McGuinn. Okay, so then we have our eight seed and nine seed matchup where we have a couple old stalwarts. Yeah. Um, who, to be totally frank, <laughs> neither of us know much about. And this is where the fun of this tournament's going to come in because we're just going to be making shit up basically yeah. about half the people in this particular region. So here are the two people. Here's okay. So our eight seed is Les Paul. And our nine scene is is Bo Diddley. Bo and here, Diddley. I'll tell you the two things 
the one thing each I know about them. One, I know that Les Paul is the person who the Les Paul guitar was made by slash named after. And for Bo Diddley, I know that the Bo Diddley rhythm is his thing. So it's like the dun 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 dun. Like that's and the Bo Diddley. Did Bo Diddley play a square guitar? Yes, he did. Okay, so that's two that, things. So that's actually, maybe you know Bo Diddley moves on. He <laughs> we'll figure that out next week. Yeah, but. Bo Diddley's the early favorite. Next, a lot one. of money coming in on Bo. <laughs> yeah, the smart money is betting on Bo. Uh, our next one we have is Chuck Berry of uh, Back to the Future fame um, and John Lennon. Not so, to be confused with Buck Cherry. That's right. Buck Cherry better than Chuck Berry. He's the one seed in the 2000s. That's right. Buck Cherry's not a person. No. no. What do we got next? Uh, well, actually, well, fun fact about Chuck Berry and John Lennon. If you have the chance, look up. There's a video of Bill Burr, the comedian, breaking down a video of... John Lennon and Yoko Ono playing with Chuck Berry. Ah. Um, and Bill Burr picks apart how pissed off Chuck Berry gets when Yoko tries to sing. Yeah. And he's like, look at these two legends of, of music up here trying to play. And she fucking shrieks into the mic. It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, next, we have our four seed, 13 seed matchup. I'm announcing all the really exciting ones. Oh, yeah. So we got our four seed, B.B. King, and our 13 seed, Robert Johnson, a couple pioneers of wow, blues guitar. I don't even know what to say. I, <laughs> I literally don't know what to say. I don't either. We're just going to go chalk on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, we are. Uh, our next one, we have a couple people taken too early, Jake. George Harrison yep. of the Beatles and Buddy Holly, the 6-11 and 11 matchup. Uh, that's, you know, you know, pretty exciting stuff. Real quick fun fact about the day Buddy Holly died. That's the day the music died that's, that's right. being referenced American Pie. in American Pie. That day was the day my stepdad was born. February 3rd, the, 1959. The day the music died. Yeah. He was... <laughs> he was. So take whatever symbolism you want from that. Um, big shout to David. Big friend of the pod. Um, our next matchup... Three seed, Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. Uh, 14 seed, a plucky Django Reinhardt. Um, the cla- the jazz guitarist who kind of set the precedent for what jazz guitar was and played with just two fingers on his fret hand. And that was talking jazz. You could have honestly plugged in any name there and told me that, that? same story. I would have believed you. Uh, listen to some Django. I will. I will. The uh, D into Django. <laughs> Uh, our seven seed, Albert King, is going up against our ten seed, Scotty Moore. Again, we are scant on details for these people, so we're going to have fun making shit up about them and why one of them ends up going to the next round next week. We do know that Albert Moore is a blues guitar. Albert King is a blues guitarist, and Scotty Moore played guitar for Elvis. Yeah, we do know that. So those we are helpful. We do know that. All right, number, we got our two seed matchup with 15. We have Slow Hand, Eric Clapton. Going up against Robbie Robertson of the band, the band, yeah, uh, and also the guitar player on Blonde on Blonde, that's where right. like the band kind of got their uh, start. That's right. So that's the the pre fifties, nineteen fifties, and sixties, kind of a dicey mix. In case you didn't you didn't know, it's going to be interesting because honestly, this is what I like about that region. Uh, it, the the fate of amazing guitarists who meant a lot to a lot of people are being handled by two people who know almost nothing about them and will pick the their successors just because we like them and know them better. Exactly. That's exactly. the whole reason. Yeah, 100% true. Let's get into the bloodbath that will be the 1970s. I'm excited for this We one. know basically all these people. This yeah. is going to be a fun one to do. Number one seed here, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. Going up against Richie Blackmore of Deep Purple, 
who invented the riff "Smoke on the Water." So you're gonna which have... like every amateur guitar player can play riff machine. You're going to have, yeah, the Riff Machine Jimmy Page, who came up with like a thousand great riffs, up against Smoke on the Water. With the Riff Machine, Richie right. Blackmore. Exactly. Our second matchup, 8 seed versus 9 seed. We got the 8, Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead, and 9 seed, Tony Iommi of uh, Black Sabbath. That's right. A southpaw. That's right. Uh, missing a finger as well. That's right. Yep. So that, you know, sort of, uh, I keep announcing the ones with missing fingers. Maybe it's yeah. a bad omen for it me. It might be. Number five seed is Pete Townsend of The Who going up against Joe Perry of Aerosmith. I feel like Jake's going to be pulling hard for Joe Perry here. This is one more like... This is, could, could this be a 12-5 upset? What I, what, I, <laughs> what I really like about this matchup is it's a matchup of two very different styles. Mm. You have like the pure power and melody of Pete's guitar playing, not flashy, but um, definitely I think he's a more influential songwriter and like icon than Joe Perry, but is Joe Perry a better player? Does he find some firepower? We'll have to see. We'll see. We'll have to um, see. Then we got the four seed going against the 13 with David Gilmour at number four of Pink Floyd and Johnny Ramone of the Ramones, um, if you couldn't tell, at the 13 seed. So that's two. Those are two wildly different styles so, of play. Yeah, we have we have two. So the 12 and four and the 13 and four, no, sorry, the 12 and five matchup and the four and 13 matchup are two matchups of opposite styles of play. You know what my favorite thing about these brackets? Warriors to do is, Grizzlies. Is exactly is to make wild basketball comparisons yes. and talk about what style of basketball play translates to their style of musicianship. David Gilmore is like he's a player who's like a very graceful swingman. Fluid. Yeah. He can do it all. He's like a Tracy McGrady. Right. He can dunk if he has yeah. to, but he can also hit threes. Exactly. He can drive. He's a later career T Mac. Johnny Ramone though can just beat you over the head. He's like kind of like you know like a Shaq yeah. or so like a good post player. Right, exactly. Um, all right, our six. Wow, another good. Our six seed here, Neil Young. Uh, I mean, needs no introduction. Neil Young going up against the eleven seed Brian May of Queen. Another one where the playing style is very different. Yeah, it is. Because Neil Young is someone who'll just beat you over the head with one note, mm. one bend, over and over and over. And Brian May is like, he's like all up yeah. and down the fretboard. Yeah. He's playing these crazy technical solos. Built his own guitar. Fun fact. He did. People forget that. Something that I think Neil Young himself would enjoy being kind of a DIY guy. Mm. Um, three seed, Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers Band versus our 14 seed, John McLaughlin, who is a jazz guitarist. Um, he played in the Mahavishnu Orchestra, and he played, I think I pronounced that right, and he played on, I think, several of Miles Davis's um, most influential jazz fusion albums, like Bitches Brew. I think he's on On the Corner mm, in a couple yes. of those albums. He might be on In a Silent Way. I'm not totally sure. Uh, maybe. I don't know. He but he's, he's an influential guitarist. Our Doesn't stand much of a chance. Mm, no, unfortunately not. Uh, uh, maybe we like him more than Dwayne Allman, though. Maybe. Maybe we do. Maybe. Who well, knows? it remains to be seen. Our seventh seed in the 1970s is Carlos Santana of uh, Rob Thomas Smooth fame. <laughs> going up against Frank Zappa. Of Rob Thomas Smooth fame. <laughs> uh We'll move on from that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got our two seed, Jeff Beck. Who is on our list a two seed on name alone? Pretty much just because, reputation and name. Because Jeff Beck is a guy who, if you say you've listened to him, you're lying. Uh, and our fifth, 
in our in our 15 seed Joni Mitchell, uh, an influential folk songstress. I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil that one right now. She's gonna upset him, I think. Don't you think? Yeah, I think she might. Okay. I think she might. Well, 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 you know what? You no, know, wait and see. Have you ever listened to "Over Under Sideways Down" by the Yardbirds? I uh, think Jeff no. Beck's playing on that. Oh, is he? Because it could be Clapton. It could, could be, be Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. Yeah, it could, it could be, be like any of them. Any mem- guitar Also, player. you know what I heard a lot about the Yardbirds is that they just had session musicians play on their records, so really? like it might not be any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I know that Jeff Beck's solo stuff is where he's supposed to take on that like rock god right. status. Right. And I, was like, I don't know anything about his guitar playing. So yeah. let's see how that two and fifteen seed <laughs> matchup plays out. Should be interesting to see what we do, knowing not much about Jeff Beck. <laughs> on to the eighties. Go to the nineteen eighties. Our one seed should be no surprise here. Eddie Van Halen of Van Halen fame mm. going up against, and we kind of just threw this in because we needed another person. We needed another body to throw into the 80s. The 80s wasn't packed. No, we have Robert Smith of The Cure at a 16th seed. You could not have more opposite people, just people. <laughs> right. Like this gothic. Like early emo dude going up against this SoCal party boy in Van Halen. So in the 70s, you had different styles of play um, where the matchup was interesting. Here you have a different style of play where it's like one guy is probably like someone who has as much raw talent as like Hakeem Olajuwon. And then you have Robert Smith, who's like on his middle school basketball team. Right, who's like Matthew Delvadova. Writes great songs, is moody. Uh, but I don't know, as a guitar player... Yeah, nothing special. Seems like he was an innovator. Sure. We might be talking out of turn. The 8-9 matchup in the 80s is Johnny Marr of the Smiths. Mm. And, and Mark- later, Modest Mouse. Really? Yep. Like, in the band? Yeah, he joined in 2006. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. I honestly yep. God, never knew that. Fun fact. Fun fact. We're People gonna, forget that. We're going to edit that out because I can't learn things on the podcast. Because <laughs> I can't look bad. Because, Sean, we're experts. That's <laughs> why we really were experts. Because, no, we do that. The reason we do this show. In case you don't know, is because we're experts and know better than other people. <laughs> no, that, Good thing we're editing that all out. Yeah, right. No, that's absolutely not the reason. Uh, our eight seed Johnny Marr against nine seed Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits. So Dire basically, Straits. he's he's riding in on um, Sultans of Sultan Swing, Swing and uh, Money for Nothing and Chicks for Free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are his songs. Cool. Uh, five seed in the eighties. We have The Edge from U two. Like, to have a fucking lamer name. He might lose just for his fucking lame name. <laughs> Going up against the coolest guy in the 80s, Bruce Springsteen at the 12th seed. You can't you can't come at Bruce, and this is where I think this this might be a 12-5 upset. It's going to be. Because, because if, <laughs> if you... If I have anything to say about if, it. Because I might pull for the edge, but uh, one reason it might be an upset is, like, you can't come at the boss in a little beanie and, like, no. and like playing a riff like, like, that is, like... Tremolo and all kinds of effects like it's like dude your riffs your little your like innovations of pedals aren't don't have any they're not gonna stop over, the over yeah the wall of sound of Born to Run this is another uh, style of play matchup our four seed Prince is going up against R-I-P. Thurston Moore of mm. Sonic Youth at the 13th seed that's gonna seed. be a slaughter it absolutely is because Prince was I guess an absolute freak yeah. at guitar yeah. and Thurston Moore made some Sonic Youth records which are like <laughs> they're you know if you love Sonic Youth you're probably pissed that we're dismissing them in yeah. some way but you know Teenage Riot's a good song yeah Daydream Nation's a little overrated I think but 
Yeah, I what mean, like, do? maybe we still need our Dude, Sonic we're going to probably alienate a lot of people with the brazen attitude we're having with this bracket right now. Maybe. I think this microphone debacle is playing into our, our cavalier attitude with each of these people. I like it, though. I, I, I'm, you know what? I don't want to take this too seriously. I don't either. There's a good energy in the room, and, yeah. like, if we don't... Let's just make fun of whoever. Yeah, exactly. They're right. all better than us. Right, exactly. So it doesn't matter. I mean, oh, well, our next one, maybe not so much. We have Randy Rhodes at number six, R.I.P., actually. Of Osborne fame. Right, and Quiet Riot, I think. Really? Come on, feel the noise, spelled C-U-M. Was he in that? I think so. Wow. I think I read that. Uh, going up against Kirk Hammett of Metallica. So if you know Jake and Sean, you know these are two of our favorite bands. Right, and it's actually interesting that we set it up this way because one of these is guaranteed to move on. I know. Isn't that interesting? That's weird. I like, And you know what? I like a couple solos they've both played in yeah, my in sure. my like guitar solo day where that was my favorite <laughs> right. thing. They both had a couple I, okay. I loved. Okay. Uh, next matchup, we have our three seed slash. Now, now this guy could go all the way, Jake. That's now right. this is a guy who, if he gets hot in the tournament and he's playing the right way, he might go all the way to the championship. Now I tell you, I tell you, Sean, with a, with a guy like Slash, you're looking at a guy who he could go all the way. He could lose in the first round. <laughs> he could. He could. And you know, he could lose in the second round. <laughs> He could lose in the third round. He could lose at you know, any point. If he has, he could win the whole thing. If he has his teammates Axl Rose and Duff McKagan yep. playing well, there's no telling what they could do in this yeah. tournament. A lot of strife on that in that locker room, though. Is he straddling? Um, and he <laughs> is going up against our 14 seed Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt, a good bluesy sort I of. I love rock and roll. Different person. Anyways, that's <laughs> that's Joan Jett, I think. Yeah, it is. Next matchup. <laughs> We have our seven seed Angus Young going up against our ten seed Billy Gibbons. I gotta I gotta level with you right now. I don't know who Billy Gibbons is. You could have again, you could have put in any name here. He's the, I wouldn't have known. He's the guitarist from ZZ Top. Oh, okay. So he's gonna lose in the first round. Good. Our next matchup is two seed Stevie Ray Vaughan up against fifteen seed. Malcolm Young. So we got we got the brothers, the ACDC guitarist brothers, the rhythm guitarist of ACDC. Yeah. Um, as much as there can be one of those, because for most of the song, it's just both of them playing the same just, few chords, right? Uh, but then Angus rips off a solo. I don't know how much Malcolm takes solos. Not too much, I don't think. So that's the eighties. Um, uh, hold on, a yeah. quick quibble sure, about the eighties. Sure. Now, I noticed we had Slash in there at a three-seed. Why isn't he in the 90s, 2000s bracket for Velvet Revolver? That's my question. Uh, that's a good question. And actually, Did you ever hear the riff to, to Slither, Sean? When you look, you see right through me. Oh my god! Come on, man, Scott Weiland slash dude. That's a hey, Scott Weiland, R.I.P. That's a super group right there. It was. If they I've had a couple ever, good songs. If I've they ever had a ballad. Seen one. Um, let's move on to the nineties, two thousands, and today. Uh, one seed coming out of the nineties, Tom Morello mm -hmm. of Rage Against the Machine. And you know what, Jake? This dude did double duty. He got it done with Rage, and he did it with Audio Slave too. I can't say oh, which. I, which one's better? He's this is someone who Bill Simmons would describe as a unicorn. Yeah. He's a guy who invented his own style of play and no one plays like him and he like kind of does that thing where he'll like scratch like he's a wow 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 yeah. And like every sound he invents on a new solo is like a new sound you haven't heard before and he always makes a point to say it's done like without without any computer right. aid. Right. 
Right. So this is our first unicorn. Not yes. really. Going up against <laughs> our 16 seed here, Adam Scuff Ackerman of Sorority Noise. Yep. Big friend of the pod. Big friend of the Very pod. Very polite young man. So this is a just a just a guy with a bright future. Yep. Just a, a nice, cordial young fellow who we had on the podcast and he he snuck into the tournament. He, he did. He won a play-in game against Albert Hammond Jr. of the Strokes. So if you want to talk about our bias playing into this, um, he is in for two reasons. One, he's awesome. He actually is a really, really good guitar player, and he plays great leads in yeah. Sorority Noise songs. Two, he came on our podcast, so a little nepotism, and couldn't. he was very, very polite, very friendly, and Sean and I talk about him in the way that two parents talk about one of their kids' friends that they were really impressed with. Yeah. When yep. we last time we saw a friend of the pod, Cam, we told him about this, and we were all having a laugh. Yes, yeah. So because Adam's a nice guy, so Adam, sne- you snuck into the tournament. See if you can make some noise. He's going if dancing. Someone's going to make some noise, pun intended. Yep. Because guitars make noise. Could be Adam. <laughs> it could be could, Adam. This could be the first ever 16 seed that upsets a one seed. He's so. <laughs> he might upset Tom Morello. <laughs> he might. He could he catches Tom on a bad day. If Tom's in between bands, if he if Tom's playing Night Watchmen, that bullshit. Yeah. His like folk rock, dude, political stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think Adam could get a win. I hope Tom Morello comes more correct. I that. hope. I hope he's playing like Bulls on Parade. But yeah, we got our we got friend of the pod Adam going dancing. Yep. Um, our next matchup is eight seed Kevin Shields of um, My Bloody Valentine, kind of an innovator, an inventor of a certain wall of sound guitar thing, if you will. Uh, going up against nine seed Josh Homey. Home. Home. I think it's just start just home. Josh Homey. I've heard it pronounced like Home. Really? I don't know. Whatever okay. it is. Okay. Uh, he is of Queens of the Stone Age. He's yeah. a really good guitarist with an interesting style. That should be an interesting matchup. Yeah, that'll be cool. Our next one at the five seed, we have Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead. No love for Ed O'Brien. No, no Ed O'Brien in this one. Johnny Greenwood at the five seed, going up against the 12 seed, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. Not a great guitar name. No. Mike McCready? No. He should have changed his name. You know what's a better one? Stone Gossard. It is. Maybe we we take him out right now. Maybe they're a tandem. And put Stone Gossard in instead. Yeah, maybe we do. We'll think about it. Uh, at our four seed, we have Nirvana's Kurt Cobain going up against 13 seed Alex Turner of Arctic Monkeys fame. Mm. Um, so I, I have nothing to say about that one. No, not really. But no, we'll but, say we'll save it for next week. But but get ready for anyone who listens and is like a, a guitar technical purist and is like you know Kurt. He he couldn't even play, man. He just played power chords. <laughs> All right, well you don't fucking get it. <laughs> Uh, our next one, we have the six seed John Frusciante of Red Hot Chili Peppers going up against the 11 seed Jerry Cantrell of Alice in Chains. A couple 90s stalwarts. An all-time fun matchup. <laughs> Man in the box, no big deal. Not a, not a huge deal. No. Um, next, we have 13 seed John Mayer going up against 14, did I say 13 seed? Yeah. Three seed John yeah. Mayer, so he's coming in hot. Um, he's he's a he's a potent sort of entry into the tournament. Mm. Going up against fourteen seed Aaron Dessner of the National. Uh, different styles of play on these guys. Very. John Mayer's more of a blow you away with my ability to solo type of guy. Yeah. Aaron Dessner is more like sit back and lay down a vibe. Yep. and like a really cool sort of backing track. Definitely. Uh, number seven or our seven seed. 
is Annie Clark of St. Vincent. For my money, she's she's a big sleeper. She she's is. a sleeper in this tournament. She could go far. Watch out. Annie Clark, St. Vincent, going up against number 10, Kurt Vile. This is a cool one. This is a nice 21st century 2010s matchup here. A couple, uh, for my money, Jake, two of the most interesting guitar players this decade. And that's not saying a ton because there's not a lot of like guitar like heroes really in this decade. Of the of the like youngest generation of excuse me, or the last two generations of like indie rock guitar players, Annie Clark might be like the most technically yeah. good player. Right. She's like actually incredible. I actually referenced it on a podcast last yeah. week. So yeah. if you listen to last week's you heard me talking about her going on this show on YouTube. Uh, our last matchup and this one's a rivalry. This is a grudge match. Yeah. We have number two seed Jack White, who thinks he invented blues, um, <laughs> but is an awesome guitar player and yep. put on a lot of great albums with the White Stripes. And the reason I say he thinks he invented blues is that his his sort of rival here, the 15 seed, Dan Auerbach, he's going up against. Appropriated blues from Jack White. Right, of Black Keys, <laughs> appropriated the appropriator, right. um, which really pissed off Jack White. Yeah, yeah. Made Jack him White, really mad. Jack White is like, hey, I'm the only one who can appropriate blues. I'm the only white American dude who can use blues In- it- and like put my own spin on it. And be kind of zany and just record and like make records out of like dust. And like, yeah. Sawdust. <laughs> so they don't play. Right. So there you have it. There's our there's our March Madness bracket for best guitars of all time. Clearly you can see we're not taking this super seriously. No. I think as the later rounds, get, once we get to like the Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4, I think we will start to take it more seriously. But for the first couple rounds, you know, it's kind of just like the tournament. Like, it's just craziness is going to happen. Yep. It's just game after game after game. It's nonstop. That's what this is going to kind of be next week. If you have any thoughts about matchups, listeners, again, tweet at us at ListenInPod. Your boy's going to step away from the mic to blow his nose. And I'm I say- will introduce the next segment. Uh, so we have a Mount Rushmore for everybody. Um, and if you're not familiar with Mount Rushmore, what we do is we pick a category and we pick four of our favorites of that category. So this time around, since the weather's starting to get a little bit nicer, a little bit. Hey, did you hear there's going to be a snowstorm next week? Oh, good. Wow. I really wanted that. Um, <laughs> we're doing we're doing spring albums, Jake. Yep. Spring is... That's actually true, by the way, about the snowstorm. I, I know it is. Yep. I know it is. And it's bumming me out. Yeah, me too. Spring albums. Uh, so this, you for know what? me, the spring is a very uh, unique time of the year for music listening. It's one of the most... It's. It's one of those seasons that music sticks with me the most in. It has one of the biggest effects on me. Yeah, it, it is for me too. So much so that when you posted this as the Mount Rushmore for this week, I rattled off my four I, instantaneously. I have a ton that I, I could have picked. I have like my relationship with the albums I picked are like these are always yeah. the like the small group I go to, yeah. and there's not even that many more. Like there, are, I, there are other albums I've enjoyed in the spring, but these are three of the ones that every single spring I get into. Yeah, I probably won't this year because I said that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Do you want to start? I will start. Uh, my first Mount Rushmore spring album is "Feels" by Animal Collective. In particular, the song "Grass." Grass always yes. makes me think of like that first really nice day where you get to drive with the windows down on your car. I might try to force that into my spring yeah. rotation. Yeah, it's just good to see stuff. what happens. My second one is actually also another Animal Collective album, Strawberry Jam. Animal Collective in general is just a huge, huge springtime band for me. 
Um, I could have also put on Meriwether Post Pavilion here or even um, Person Pitch by Panda Bear. I didn't. Those two feel more like spring to me. That was your Mount Rushmore. That's four. Uh, no, no. I said I could have. I could have carved oh, another couple did. faces in, but I didn't. Right. My last two, I have Icky Thump by the White Stripes, by the appropriator himself. Yep. I got way into this my senior year of high school. Um, listened to the White Stripes a ton, so I always associate it with springtime. That opening tone on Icky Thump is so cool sounding. It's awesome. And then my final one here... Um, this kind of uh, this is cheating. This is this is a fifth, so I'm really doing like seven. That's okay. Uh, it goes hand in hand here. I have manners by Passion Pit and Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix by Phoenix. And the reason for this is because I was introduced to these albums at the exact same time together during the spring, also yeah. of my senior year of high school, by you. So That's right. I always associate these two together, and I'm I'm picking them. For and that. they're winter albums for me, and that's actually interesting how well that timeline lines <laughs> yeah, up because does. I got into them in the winter, and I think I hooked you up with them in mm-hmm. the spring. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, my Mount Rushmore, and I think if you've been listening to the podcast closely for over a year, you mentioned these exact ones when we talked spring music last year. I did, and when I saw this, I immediately rattled them yep. off. Um, for me, my spring albums every single year for the past several years have been. Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin, which then will inevitably turn into a Led Zeppelin phase that will last through April. Mm. Um, Rocks by Aerosmith, which will end up with me listening to Toys in the Attic as well, and some other albums, but Rocks is the one. Retrospective by Buffalo Springfield, that's their their greatest hits album. That is like late spring turning into summer. And then I have Is This It by The Strokes, um, which is also sort of like later spring turning into summer. That's when I got into the album. I got into this, I think... Freshman year of high school, I want to say it was like April, May. Yeah. Is that yeah. that sort of time of year. Yeah. So there you have it. Awesome. Spring, spring albums, albums, Mount Rushmore. Let us know what your spring albums are, because I, I really do think spring is the season that people associate music with the most. And it's a great time of year, because music, like it, especially if you live in an area like we do, like we live in New England, where the weather starts to get nice again, and you you realize again you're like... Don't like the weather in New England? Wait five minutes. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But the thing is, is you you realize pretty quick, you're like, oh shit, like this affects my mood. I'm feeling good mm, yeah. again. Like the sun's out, I can like right. be outside, I don't need a coat, I, I can just sort of walk around. Um, and then the summer comes and people like us just complain too, about the fact hot. that it's too, it's too hot. hot. What I've come to learn is that in a calendar year, there are basically... Like four foolproof weeks that no one complains about, and it's like late May and it's like late September. Yeah, that's basically it. After that, it's like people are like it's too humid, it's too hot, and, it, yeah. and then it's like it gets too cold. Hot thought: Would you rather have it be too cold or too hot out? By how much? Uh, like, would you rather have it always be in the nineties or always have it be in the teens or or single digits? Uh, you're asking me at a time of year where the teens. It's the teens. Me too. Because I, I really, even now, when in the throes of winter, where winter, ha- it, with the abusive relationship it has yep. with me, where it, it's like, guess what? You're getting another snowstorm next week. Even though I'm in the throes of hating winter, I still remember how much I hate the heat. Me too. It, it, I'm still like afraid of it. I, <laughs> I am too. I am too. Pretty, uh, pretty easy problems to have. Um, we got a new segment. We do. New segment. New segment alert. Uh, this is one that... Kind of stemmed off of a mailbag from a couple weeks ago. This one is called Trust Tree slash Huh? Huh? So what this one is all about is we are going to take something. Jake and I are both going to say either we're going to admit 
to a guilty pleasure, a thought we're having about music. Uh, we're going to admit to something we might not have ever listened to that's really popular. Something where it's like, all right, we're in the trust tree. We're yep. going to let everyone know. Or it's going to be really surprising where it's like, huh? You've never listened to that before? Huh? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna make sure to do a lot of, huh? It's going to be a lot of that, like, that that tone. Get ready for that tone, huh? listeners. Yeah. So make sure you adjust the volume on your sets. Trust tree. Uh, so do you have one for us, Jake? You have a couple. You have a couple. So, so I have two. Tell us your first one. Okay, I, the first one is, it was the impetus, actually, for it this was, segment. Yeah. Because a cup, I would say like several episodes ago, no, this was like a, half a year ago or whatever, I admitted to Sean that I had never listened to Neon Bible by Arcade Fire, which to which he responded, huh? And I said, yeah, I know, man. It just, I have never gotten around to it. So it can't really count this week because since I've listened like two, three times, right. including once this week. And I do really like it, but it still counts because, like, I feel like at this point I should know that album a lot better than I do. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. It I, in my it's opinion, really good. in my opinion, it's it's better than Funeral. Huh? I, I like it more than Funeral. That's not mine. Mine is is this is a big trust tree. This yeah. is a trust tree one. I have never listened to Sigur Ross. And I, I couldn't even tell you what they sound like, to I be love, honest with you. I love this one, and I'm glad that you saved it for the trust tree. You're in, you know what? You're in a you're in a safe space. No one's going to bag you. Am I even here. pronouncing that the right way? I pronounce it Sigaros. Sigaros? Okay. Yeah. And I actually think with your newfound love of ambient music, yeah. you would really dig what Sigaros does. Okay. Because what they do, and I actually can't even think of their name. The names of their albums are so weird. One of them I know is just two parentheses. <laughs> But 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 other albums are like they, they're like written in like a Backspace, made up language, comma. Yeah, no. But they do some really really cool stuff. I actually think it, like look up their most best received album. Yeah, there's there's one on the Pitchfork best albums of the 2000s list. That's like really really high that I need to check out. So. Yeah, I think you would actually now more than ever like them. Okay. And this has made me want to get back into Seagrass a little bit because gonna... I, I know I listen to a couple albums and I kind of forget them a little bit. I'm gonna give them a listen. So here's my second trust tree. Um, so today I listened to a Rolling Stone Now music podcast featuring uh, special guest AJ McLean of the Backstreet Boys. And he was talking about the fact that the Backstreet Boys are doing a residency like Wayne Newton or like Elvis in Vegas. Mariah. Yeah, they're doing like... Brittany. Yeah, they have themselves, they're set up in Vegas at uh, some venue, and they're doing like set after set after set. They're also coming to Femway later this year. And my trust tree thing is like, not only do I, it's not even, it's not even just that I kind of want to go. It's that I kind of think it would be awesome. <laughs> I kind of think it would be sweet to see the Backstreet Boys. It probably would. Probably like, a lot of fun. It'd be a great show. He was describing it. He's like, we're entertainers, man. He's like, we're up there, we're dancing. He's like, seventeen of our twenty-one songs we dance to. Wow. It's like, dude, like that. You know what? We go to so many shows where people are like head down, strumming yeah. a fucking. It's be a lot of fun. Jaguar guitar and like, you know what I mean? And like, they'd be up there like doing moves, singing these songs that I love from my childhood. Maybe we make a pilgrimage and go see them. And the thing is, is like, I feel like you could go see them at Fenway, but I think the real experience is this Vegas. I show. think so too. I think so too. I don't think Fenway'd be as fun. It wouldn't. You wouldn't see their dancing as well. No, no, no. I think maybe we go to this Vegas show, then we pop into the Beatles Cirque du Soleil show. I saw that when I was younger. Oh, you did? It was great. Wow. It was, it was fantastic and awesome And experience. then we go gamble away our life savings at the blackjack table. Sounds great. Uh, this segment segues 
into our next segment, which is Two Truths and a Lie. Sweeping the nation, everyone's favorite segment. Yep, this is the, the segment that everyone's talking about this week. And the reason it's such a good segue, Sean, is that I've picked the Two Truths and a Lie, and the, the band I picked is the Backstreet Boys. Oh, okay, I like it. Um, and so here we go. Okay, okay, okay. So get ready. I, okay. Here we go. Well, how, how, so here's what we want to get first. Pre pre game, how are you feeling? I don't wise? feel good about this. I don't know a lot of Backstreet Boys trivia. I really, really don't. Okay. So well, that's good. I might be fucked. What was the one we had a couple weeks ago that I knew nothing about? Uh, Mark Kozelik, Pearl Jam. This is bad. Titus rate. Andronicus. Titus, maybe I Titus didn't know Andronicus. a lot. All right, here we go. Backstreet Boys member Howie Durow is a childhood friend of NSYNC member Chris Kirkpatrick. Both Durow and Kirkpatrick tried out for the band, but only Durow made the cut, and then later on, Kirkpatrick got into NSYNC. Okay. Number two, band member Brian Luttrell has been a devout Christian since he was born uh, since he was born again as a child. I think he was eight years old. The final track on his 2006 solo album "Welcome Home" is called "Jesus Loves You." Number three, Kevin Richardson, the oldest member of the band is more than eight years older than Nick Carter, the group's youngest member. Ooh. <laughs> I have no idea on any of these. Really? I really don't. Um, Give me your thought. What's your thought okay, process? Okay, thought process. The one I'm leaning towards being true is the second one, the born-again Christian one. Wait, two of these are, are true. One's a lie. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I know, I know. I'm, I'm going to say that that second one is true. The Christian one? Yeah. Uh... Can you repeat the last one to me? Kevin Richardson, the oldest member of the Backstreet Boys, is more than eight years older than Nick Carter, who's the youngest member. Uh, I think that one's true as well. I'm going to go with that one. And wait, what's the first one again? The first one is Howie Durow, a member of the band, was a childhood friend of Chris Kirkpatrick. Okay. And, uh, and they both tried mm. out. Howie Durow got it. Chris Kirkpatrick later got into NSYNC. This is bad radio brought to you by. I know, God. I, you know what? No, I'm going to say the first two are true. The last one's a lie. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Wrong. <laughs> There's nothing more fulfilling than telling the other person you're wrong. Did yeah. I have it right the first time? What was your first one? It was two and three were true. One. Yeah, you had it. Fuck! Yeah, yeah. God shouldn't, damn it! Shouldn't have changed God it. God damn it! Shouldn't have changed it. The first one is based on nothing. Fuck. I, made, I made it up whole cloth. Fuck. Did it sound kind of convincing? Yeah, it's, then that's why I changed it. Yeah. That's why I changed it. Um, so the truth of the matter about that one is that there's no truth to it. The closest thing is that Kevin Richardson and Brian Luttrell are cousins, but those aren't even the people I brought up in that one. <sighs> God um, so the one about Brian Luttrell being a born-again Christian is true, mm. and he has some quotes about like how he thinks it's his job to like wow. propagate Ooh, okay. all that stuff. Okay. Um, the thing, interestingly enough, the thing about um, Kevin and Nick being eight years apart in age is true. Of course, that's something you'd you'd I bring looked up, up for well, this no, too. I looked it up, and like what's crazy? That's it. What are their birthdays? What days? I don't remember the days. Oh, stumped. I'm uh, stumped here, the Schwab. Here's what we're, here's what we're trying. <laughs> stumped the Schwab. Well, I'm gonna try though. I'm gonna try, and we're okay. gonna see if I get them right. Okay. I think Kevin's, based on me looking at Wikipedia earlier. Is like October third, nineteen seventy one. Let's see if I get this right. Kevin Richardson, October eighth. No, oh. wait, that's the wrong guy. Wrong guy. 
Okay, okay. October 3rd, 1971. God, you have a fucking problem. All right, and I think Nick Carter, this one I'm, I'm, I'm worse on. I think Nick Carter, it's like January... January 31st, 1980. Hold on, let's see. Back terrible radio. It's bad radio, but you know what? Nick Carter, hold on, hold on. 1980 was right. January 28th, so I was close. And that's how I beat Shaq. But that that's not bad. No, so anyways, that's, like, sad. It, it's insane, actually, is what it is. <laughs> but that seems like a big age spread for boy band members. Yeah, it does. Like that's Yeah, it's kind of weird. seems like they wouldn't it's be that weird. far apart. And then, uh, yeah, the first one I made up completely. Okay. So well, there you go. Another loss on uh, Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, all right, last segment, recommendations of the week. Yeah. Uh, Jake, you have an interesting one. I do. So um, I have been, for whatever reason... I think because they've been putting out some new singles, listening to some real estate, and I have been reevaluating my opinion of their last album, Atlas, that came out in 2014, mm-hmm. which I think as recently as last week we kind of shit on on this podcast. Mm. Um, I re-listened to it twice this week. I don't I, think we shit on it. I think we said it just like wasn't as good. Yeah, it wasn't as, as good. Days. We didn't totally shit on it. But right. we, we did. I like that album. Yeah, and you know what? Uh I like it a lot more than I thought. Yeah. Like, like I didn't think I ever, th- I never thought I hated it, but having revisited it this week, it's actually really good. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, like it's it's, solid. It's really very good. solid. I'm glad to hear that because I always liked that when it came out. I, I liked it more than I think most people seem to. Yeah. Uh, just from sheer amount of listening to it. Yeah. And I'm glad that you've you've come around. There's on some it really well. really good songs on it, and I feel like actually now more than ever I'm about to get into a, a like a bigger real estate phase good. than I've ever been. Have you ever listened to their first album? No, that's the oh, one I haven't done, dude. Is that, need, that's really good. You need to listen to that. It's, you know what? We got to run this back on Trust Tree. Yeah, yeah. Next oh, week. listen, listen to Real Estate's first album. I think it's better than than Atlas is. Is it better than Days? No, I don't think so. Days is your favorite. Yeah. Yeah, the first one has like this like lo-fi okay. feel. It's like still doing the same stuff, but I'll, like it's... I'll listen to it tomorrow. Are there any huge releases tomorrow? New releases? Oh, there's start... there's some big stuff coming out tomorrow. Uh, there's like three or four the albums. Shins, Jsom, Shins, Jsom. I've already listened to Jsom though. Um, there's a couple other ones coming out too. I think I'll listen I to looked the today on Metacritic. There was a, kind of a lot coming out on May. Kind of stresses me. I would rather just like 10. listen to Real Estate's first just album. Do, just do that. They could. Just do that. You don't need to force yourself to listen to shit. That's true. What's your recommendation of the week? My recommendation of the week goes back to Jake's Trust Tree. Huh? What? It's Neon Bible by Arcade Fire. So the reason why I bring this up, it seems like a no-brainer, but it was the 10th anniversary of this album coming out this past week, which honestly blows my mind that it's been 10 years since Neon Bible first came out. Um, I think this album gets underappreciated in their discography. Everyone talks about Funeral as being the big breakthrough. I think a lot of people, if they don't say Funeral is their best, say The Suburbs is their best. I'm in that camp. I think The Suburbs is their best. And then obviously Reflector was their last one that came out. People don't talk about Neon Bible too much, and I don't think it's fair. There's some amazing songs on there. I think consistency-wise, it's better than Funeral is. I think Funeral has a couple songs that stand out a little bit more, but you, there's no bad songs or even mediocre songs on Neon Bible. It's front to back. It's great. I and feel like people give it just based on a pure storyline thing. They give it the sophomore. They do, and tag it's, it's for no real really reason. Not because I listened really to it the not. other day, and it's really, really good. It's, yeah, and like I think what people like about there's again there's always the narrative of like suburbs is their propulsive 
debut, not suburb, sorry, funeral is the debut right. that like started it all and started a fucking blah blah blah. Right. And then they have you know Neon Bible, Sophomore, Slump, and then Suburbs is this big concept album. Yeah. Which I guess you could argue all their albums are in some way. Yeah, that's true. But like I said, I think it it gets kind of a bad rap, and it's not fair if you haven't listened to it like like Jake hadn't, or if you haven't listened a lot. I would recommend you go back and listen to it. You're going to be pleasantly surprised. I, I, I'm going to continue to listen to it. Do it. Do it. Uh, and that wraps up our show. This was a weird one. Yeah. This, this was all over the place. It was. Interesting, like, in terms of the content was different than usual. Yeah. With the bracket. Uh, I'm interested to listen back and hear what the, I am too. the mood was all about I am here. too. And, like, if it comes across weird for people. Listeners, let us know what you thought. Especially with what they're about to hear in this fucking after show. Yeah, stay uh, stay tuned. We actually... Maybe don't stay tuned. You don't want people to stay nah, tuned? No, they can stay tuned. At this point, they're going... I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't it matter. Doesn't matter. If, you, if you want some self-loathing on a Friday to bring you down a little bit going yeah. into the weekend... We, we, we don't want you to be too high on the weekend. No, because you might go hurt yourself, drink too much or something. That's right. You don't, you know... That's right. Reel it in. First weekend of spring, a lot of people start stepping on oh, the gas Oh, hey, pump. you know what we got this weekend? Clocks go forward. We're getting more daylight. We're getting Hell yeah. more daylight, less sleep. Da, 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 daylight. That's right, Matt and Kim. Yep. I think there's no better way to close it out. That's right. Bye. Fuck it. It, it. it just, nothing matters, and it doesn't matter if this works. Life doesn't matter. Um, I don't even know why we're bothering to do this. It, it doesn't make a difference. It, nothing, we, so listeners, we tried last week to take a step forward, and instead, not only did we take two steps back, we just like fell off of the fucking flight of stairs and like broke our back and are now like in traction. Yeah. Because we, the two mics all last episode... We're sure you heard it. There was static the whole time coming from Sean's mic. Basically, we figured out that like you just can't configure it with two mics. So guess what we're back to now? The fucking Bronze Age. <laughs> we're on one mic again. Uh, I think we had one of these types of <clears throat> pre-shows we did. a few yeah. months ago where we were like, fuck us. Yeah. Like, why are we even doing this? And that's when we had fewer listeners than now. Yeah, I By know. like three. I know. And people kind of brought us up. Yeah. They, uh, they felt bad for us is what happened. They did. Yeah. I mean, they were like, oh, we're marginally invested in your success. We, we hope you don't like, I don't know. Who cares? Who even cares? What were you going to say? Die. <laughs> Listeners wouldn't care. No. Well, here's the thing. Like, we, we were just realizing how sad it is. Sean was realizing, actually. So, you for, for a little it. context, we just spent the better part of an hour trying to fix this static issue. And we thought we had the solution every single time. And on our, I think it was our 13th test of the mic, trying to get rid of the static, I just went on a little monologue about how this is the most pathetic thing that we could possibly be doing. 
because who really gives a shit about this show? We're just trying to like have a little creative outlet hobby it's for just us a hobby. to do. Just a hobby. And it's when I saw you, I looked over and I saw like a sunken look in your face and you were like, we're just trying to have a hobby. I'm just trying to like... It's like a dude, you know what it's like? It's like in The Sopranos where Bobby Bacala just likes his trains and everyone shits yeah, on his everyone trains. Everyone makes fun of him. And like yeah. no one cares about his trains. And like... I just want a little shred of a creative outlet yeah. outside of work that I can be passionate about. And, you know, it's like this unique thing that we both do. Some people probably make fun of it, think it's stupid, whatever. But I just realized when we spend over an hour of our of our precious time yeah. trying to fix a fucking microphone. Yeah, it's really annoying. And it's not working. I was just like, why? Why? Why are we even bothering? Just so people, just so like behind our back, like friends of ours people we probably consider close can be like oh can you like you believe that they think that matters at all and this is the most pathetic thing right. to rehash our lowest moment it is this is maybe even lower it is, and this is a, we've gone subterranean i mean here's the thing this is going in the show it absolutely i'm i'm just too fed up and tired of yeah. the ordeal we just went to for this to not go in the show yeah, i don't care I, like if people hear it it doesn't matter like they, no whatever who the fuck cares yeah Maybe that's how we need to just approach life, Jake. Yeah. With a laissez-faire attitude. We're turning a new leaf. Devil may care. <laughs> I don't even really know what that means. I don't. I don't okay. Either. Like, what the what the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. I don't. I, did I, you do, pr, tripod? Do you want to introduce this? I thought we were doing that for the oh the pre-show uh, the read. read. Yeah. Okay. Let's. All right. That. That works. Yeah. Okay. That that's fine with me. I don't have anything else for the for the after show. All humanity and life has been beaten out of me by this fucking microphone. Yeah. The only thing I had was I was going to talk about an update about how I slept in. Oh, good. I, I, oh, oh, oh. You know, we're probably both like a little depressed, so we like don't want to get out of bed. No. Big fucking surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I overslept my alarm again, this time all the way to 9 o'clock. Um, but, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, you did it again this morning? No, no, yesterday. Oh, okay. But, like, I talked about this on the pod, right, on the, right, the, this part right. of the show, like, two weeks I've ago. Just, I've just had this thing where I get to work now, or, like, I wake up in the morning, and I am pissed that I'm awake. And when I'm dragging myself out of bed, I'm just saying fuck at myself, like, ten times in a row. And then I'm like in a fog until I have a cup of coffee. <laughs> is this what coffee addiction is? Because I just started drinking coffee a couple months ago. I don't think that's the coffee. <laughs> okay. Although, I, I, although, <coughs> although, yeah. Some people, I've, I don't know. Somehow I've never gotten like this, and I do drink a cup like every day now. Yeah. You do hear adults who are like in their 30s, 40s, and they'll they'll be like, "Oh, my day doesn't start. You don't want to talk to me until right. I've had my coffee." Right. Maybe that's happened to you. I think those people might just have morning depression, which is what I all of them self-diagnosed myself with. <laughs> right, I looked. I literally Googled the other day, "Why am I in such a bad mood in the morning?" Because the rest of the day I'm fine, right? Relatively fine. And the first thing that came up was like from WebMD or some shit like that. It was like you probably have morning depression. And I looked at all the symptoms. I was like, "Yeah, I have that. I have that. Hey, I have that." Let me ask you this: Is morning depression a side effect of depression? Probably. <laughs> it probably is. Because, yeah. I mean, like... It's probably just hitting me harder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there are certain mornings where I, I get hit with those feelings, yeah. too. Like, if I... Dude, like, when I get to work on a Monday and people are trying to talk to me oh. about work shit, 
I'm like, you got, we're all just gonna, fu- we're all just fucking dust in the wind, dude. None of this That's right. matters. That's right. We're all here, fucking talking shop about like, let's make this. <laughs> How was your weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Great, dude. Like, let me just get my coffee. It's windy and, out. And like, listen to a podcast and be quiet. <laughs> Let, leave me alone. Stop trying. Like, don't. I don't want, dude. Small talk in the morning, and I know. What is it? KFC? Who says like just do it? Just because it's path of least resistance. It's true. It's true. Some mornings though, I like when I'll like be walking in. I just I just want to go from my desk to the fucking coffee machine, make a cup of coffee, and go back to my desk, all with my headphones on once Mm. uninterrupted. Never ever has happened. Every time I get up there and someone like is scooting in or they're in there first, and I'm like, okay. I gotta, I gotta like make, we gotta talk. Yeah, and they're all nice. It's not about any of the people I work with individually, but it's like, what am I gonna? All right, so now I have to be like, oh, this thing seems to run slower every time. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Do you think they're thinking the same thing? We're like, fuck, I gotta talk to Jake now. Yeah, probably because like Jake's weird and like doesn't talk. <laughs> That's what people think about me. But there'll me be too. certain moods I get in where I. Am up for talking to people? Yeah, and I'll be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And they're like, "Where, where's this coming from?" Who the fuck are you? Yeah, and that's the thing is like, I once in a while I'm that way, but it, in my work, it's like with my team, I joke around all the time, right? And I'm always like, I like to mix it up, and we we have a good laugh. Outside my team, I don't talk that much. Yeah, I usually keep to myself, and I feel like that's how I am with like just people in general. Right. I kind of find like with friends or with family yep. or whoever, I find a circle, and I'm yep. like. Like I think you're the same. I'm, just, I'm the same. We're like we, you. We'll joke around and be funny and like start shit up and be lively. In, but then outside that circle, I'm just gonna head it's, down. It's the Leave same, me alone. It's the same exact thing for me. And what's funny is, like with my team at work, I'm still like super quiet. There's oh, really? certain people that I work with that yeah. I am more comfortable with, and I'm sure the people who I don't really talk to see me interacting with those other people. Right. And are like. Oh, this is a side of Sean I've never seen before. Right, yeah. So, he never shows that on our team. Yeah, exactly. Why can't he do that? You know, it's kind of similar to when we worked at Cinemagic together. The nights where I was working with you or yeah, people right. who I really got along with. Friend of the pod, I'd, Mitch. I'd be, like, engaged and friendly and talk a lot more. When I wasn't working with people who I really liked, I would just be quiet and not, like, say shit. Oh, me too. So Me too, yeah. and... It was just weird because I feel like sometimes we would joke like joke around a lot. Yeah. And I think people would come to expect it. Yeah. They'd be like like perform for me. I'm like, oh I'm I'm not in the mood. Like, oh my friend's not here, so no. And the thing is is like my default thing is to crack a joke, but I don't think people realize that behind that I'm just like I I wish I were like just asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's how I feel all the time. I'm like, I would rather be sleeping. Like, today some shit went down at work. I'll leave the details out. But there was basically, like, a whole drama. And the whole time I was like... It was something I couldn't really help with. Mm. And I was just like... This is exhausting. It it was. Yeah. I couldn't take it. Right. I felt that way. I had, had like, a bad mental health day at work today. I was like, I just just want to be in bed. Yeah. I didn't have my best either. And, like, I'm kind of sick. So, you know, sort of a... My cross to bear, <laughs> dude. It's gonna be a constant battle for me not to sit back like this. The whole I time. know because I have terrible posture. Yeah. You know what I've come to realize? For me to do the approximation of what sitting up straight is for other people, 
because of how bad my posture is, I have to lean my ass all the way up to the middle of the seat so that my back is straight and flush with the rest of the chair. Because if my butt is like where you're supposed to sit and yeah. I'm not going to actually sit up straight, I, I can't do this for long. <laughs> like, have you ever seen me sit like this? No. This is weird. This is like me having normal posture. That's weird. Like, that's if I actually kept a straight back. This is an all-time... Like, people are either going to be like, wow, they got real on this conversation after, or it's going to be way too much. Also, dude, like, I actually forgot. That was good because I forgot for a second we were even on mic. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't really, but I kind of did when I was talking yeah. about my back and stuff. Because the thing is, like, dude, people have shut it off by now. That's true. They don't How, need to listen here's to the, this. Here's the most pathetic thing. And I know that the three people who listen to this part will get this. No one's listening to this part. <laughs> No one is. That's the joke. That's why we started doing this. Yeah. And it turned into its own thing. Yeah. This, you remember what this used to be? This used to be like 30 seconds long. Yeah. And we it would literally be like, are you ready to go? Are you ready? Like, and there'd be like a couple jokes before. Yeah, yeah. It'd be quick jokes. Not not like these long diatribes. Well, no. And then the worst we ever got, I remember there was one was, that was, was 20 it minutes. It was 20 minutes. That one was awesome, though. That was like its own podcast. That was really cool. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, if I were a fan of us, which there are not many of, but if I were a fan of this show... I would love these parts. It'd be my favorite shit. It, me too. But that's but why like, we're us. Right. I mean, right. Because it's like, dude, podcasting as a medium in general is like not that popular yet. Right. That's what the tripod initiative is about. Exactly. And um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what? And so our uh, our what if this was all a read for tripod? <laughs> And, I, and that's what the tripod initiative's all about, guys. Tweet at your friend at, not at, just tell them about a podcast you like and include the hashtag try with a Y. Wink, pod. Let's, uh, we should, <laughs> let's, let's start. start. It's right. like, it's like late already. Yeah, it's 9.37, which is not late, but it, I mean, to it, be but starting like the when episode. you're exhausted at like noontime and you can't wait to be in bed, like, <laughs> yeah, it's late. <laughs> This is the saddest fucking free show after show. It is. Everything. Okay, we should, uh, we gotta get up for this. We do, we do. A little bit, we gotta, cause we, eh, this'll be a fun one. We do, okay. I'm gonna do that joke that we did. The, are you? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. How are we gonna, how are we gonna, like, recover from that? The. The Sean thing? Yeah. Alright, <laughs> It's gonna it. be funny. It yeah. might come across bad, who knows. Okay, we'll ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> 